0: 2024 cff i can't wait to see you there
1: welcome to BizHelp help for you with host candy messer entrepreneurs like to
0: focus on the big picture like profitability success and a smooth running organization there always seems to be those little things like taxes Employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now,
1: you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer.
0: Hello, and welcome to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Being a Legally Savvy Business Owner, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are questions you have or any topic suggestions you would like to share, please reach out to us at media at com. Now, let's learn a little bit about our guest today. The CEO and founder of Putman Financial Group, Cherie is committed to the success of owners and their businesses by supporting the needs of her clients in the areas of accounting, tax, advisory, and wealth management services. Cherie's holistic and collaborative approach results in her ability to help business owners to grow in revenue, increase profitability, achieve asset protection, improve cash flow, secure their wealth through comprehensive financial planning and securing their future through succession and estate planning, all while minimizing their overall tax burden. Prior to establishing her CPA and wealth management firms, Cherie held positions at both international and local CPA firms. Her position specialized in accounting, tax, financial planning and business consulting. A California native, Cherie resides in Redondo Beach with her husband, John, and two sons, Matthew and Brandon. So Cherie, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, good morning, Candy. Good to see you today, and thank you for having me here. I'm
0: glad you're back. I know we did an interview with you last year, so those who were following us at that time probably heard that episode, Um, but it was important to come back and have another discussion. Of course, there's been a lot that's happened in the last year, uh, which is why I wanted to invite you back. Um, But before we get into the topic of our discussion today, I would love for you to share for anyone who maybe hadn't heard that interview about your background and how you even got into your accounting practice.
1: Sure, certainly. So I'm a local gal, went to school, born and raised here in Southern California, Uh, went to school at USC to obtain my accounting and, and finance degrees while in high school, I worked for a family business for a while. I worked for a small CPA firm for a while doing bookkeeping. And then upon graduation from USC, I moved over to the big one of the big four who will remain <laughs> nameless for today. Um, but I'm from a long line of entrepreneurs. My, my great grandmother um, had a candy shop on Venice Beach. My grandparents uh, on both sides had Business dealings. Um, in fact, that's where my parents met. Was on mm. Venice Beach, um, and nice. they were working in their relative business owner, our family businesses. And so, I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. And uh, after cutting my teeth uh, in small CPA firms and and whatnot, it was time to open my own and and build that dream of what the principles were that I learned growing up in a family business were all about. And so Mm -hmm. we've been able to successfully do that within our CPA firm and then moving over to our financial services firm as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, that's great that you had some history to even look back on to help. I mean, there's so many people that don't even have that. I didn't really have a lot of experience. I think I had a grandfather who was an entrepreneur. His business was seasonal and I didn't get to see very much of that because he lived in another state but other than that I had no one else so it's that was kind of a benefit for you as well to really have seen that uh, to help you kind of know what to expect.
1: Well the the experience was was priceless and and just going back I mean this was many years ago so this was before um, professions collaborated or what we Mm -hmm. see today is the consolidation And so, um, you know, learning through their eyes and and growing up and back then you would have meetings at their, their kitchen dinner table, you know, type of thing with the advisors. And uh, I remember sitting there at a very young age, my brother and I, and with the financial advisor or with the banker or with the attorney and then all the confusion, because they, even though they, they gave good advice, they didn't work with each other to make sure it was coordinated Mm -hmm. for the good of the family business. And so that's really the, the impact was just the integration of services that I saw you mm-hmm. know starting to, to flourish and, and build my own clientele and my own practice. Um that's what I I gear towards is this holistic collaborative approach between many disciplines that we can offer right here in our office. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I wanted to start talking about kind of the impact of what has happened even in 2020. We all know we've been experiencing this, you know, crazy unexpected times with COVID and the pandemic. Yeah, so for sure. I would love for you first to just tell us a little bit about some of the challenges your own company has faced and then what challenges have your clients also faced that you've been, you know, seeing as they've been coming to you?
1: Certainly. So, you know, nobody would have figured that this was coming, right? If we were sitting at this time last year when we had our, our, um, our show last year, we would have never predicted <laughs> this, right? You know, right. so challenges that we've, that we've experienced as, as a service provider, um, uncertainty and concern for our clients. You know, mm-hmm. we build that relationship with our clients. And so if they're hurting, we're hurting, um, right. you know, burdening the emotions and, and things like that. Um, information overload, you know, PPP, um, mm-hmm. the idle loans. And I know that you have experienced much of the same in, in your business. We've right. shared that throughout the year. Um, the goal posts keep moving mm-hmm. and then tax season elongated. All of a sudden we went from an April 15th deadline, which I've been accustomed to for 30 years, all of a sudden to sub 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, and then, um, staffing is difficult in a normal year anyway. Um, But let alone when you have these external factors of COVID and and compliance and and all of these things, it just, it, it was a tough year just in for planning purposes, but uh, implementation purposes and just overall energy and emotion. Right.
0: And I think too, I mean, it's a scary thing right now for business owners to try to figure out, you know can I, you know, keep going with the staff that I have? Do I need to cut back? Do I need to add someone, you know, because we're going into hopefully a busier season, like just not knowing, because you can't look at trending of what had happened in the past, because this is so different. So just trying to anticipate, am I going to have the cash to be able to pay the bills? You know, is there going to be another PPP round that's going to help us, you know, through this next few months? Like there's just so much that's, so different than we've ever had to think about before that it's yeah. just definitely had some major impacts on businesses and the business owners and you you know working with those uh individuals as well in your businesses so in yeah. terms of covid and the things that have happened because of the pandemic you know what specific services did you offer to your customers
1: well as as we've as as a firm did, that primarily we're really proactive with planning and that's Mm -hmm. just not planning with taxes and with compliance planning, but that's financial planning and planning for your business and its growth and and things like that. And so as far as services, those things really haven't changed too much for us, but the client's response and their openness now to um, listening and the realization that they need those types of services now Mm -hmm. because they've had some of them have had the floor rigged out from under them. You know, right. think about um, the restaurants and the gyms mm-hmm. and a lot of the, the businesses that were deemed non-essential um, right. had to either shutter their their brick-and-mortar business um, or location or they had to go remote. Some of them weren't prepared for remote. Um, right. Some of them weren't prepared to, to shutter their business uh, and, and all of that. And so we spent a lot of time... Um, in, and, I, and I know you did too. We spent a lot of time with the PPP mm-hmm. and the IDLE, which are the two SBA programs. And then there's been several grants that have been rolling out through either LA County, LA City. Um, I know Torrance has had some here, our, our local um, city. And then there's been trade industries and things. And so what we have learned and seen is that all these grants and they have exclusions for this. Right. And so the clients really need help in supporting their decisions. And so we started off with the PPP and helping them apply for the loans. And now we're in the whole loan forgiveness side, which I know they'll probably talk about in a little bit. Um, and, you know, payroll expenses if you use payroll expenses for one, you might not be able to use it for another, um, mm-hmm. and items like that. So we've been busy, our back office has been busy building spreadsheets and trackers for our clients and uh, most of these folks we work with on a monthly basis so we're able to help them track and and make sure and confirm that those expenses that they're they're documenting and using are are correct so that they're audited or looked at some of these things you just have to hold for five years six years Um, some of them you might have to turn in so Um, but beyond that profit Diagnostic previews have been really big. Um, So as you can imagine for businesses, even if you didn't have to shutter or disperse your business, you probably didn't meet your growth plans this year. Um, Chances are, it's safe to say. And so there are um, about nine different indicators for for profit and for growth. And so we actually have a process that we take our, our clients through. Um, And we model these changes. We ask them what's important to them and uh, what they would like to accomplish. And if they could solve three things in their business, what would those be? And how would they, from their perspective? And then we start to model that with our software and show them that, you know, maybe they don't need to make these big improvements. It's the little things that might change the bottom line. Right. and And then we always have the financial planning.
0: Of course, and I think that's one thing i loved about, you know, having met you and, and learned about your business over time is you do kind of marry the CPA tax side of things with the financial planning. So you really can look at things kind of in a holistic report approach instead of this is just going to save you money on tax. or this is what you want to do, you know, for saving for your future, but not paying attention to the tax impact. So I know that's been something I think that's really useful. Um, so I'm glad to have you as a resource, you know, for that too. Um, but it's, yeah, I say, but it is so true that there's so much that has to be planned. That's what we're also trying to uh, start working with clients more on that, looking into things as they're happening to instead of someone coming to us later after, you know, they've done their bookkeeping. because we do try to work with people on a monthly basis too, but some just bring it when it's, you know, time to go see the CPA and they need their bookkeeping done. But we're trying to actually say too, let's have that live data where we can really look at what's happening. Where can some changes be made? How can we help you be more profitable? Where are there opportunities for growth? And I think that's important to really be paying attention to now and not just, you know, be concerned about, kind of what is the pandemic going to have on that impact just in the short term but really start looking at long-term things as well and i think that's really important for people to realize like talk to a professional whether it's you know your current cpa a financial planner you know even someone like us who does the bookkeeping That we're not cpas but um talking with someone who could really help you understand what your numbers mean and what you can do to you know make some changes i think is important
1: Sure. And and you know, to your point, Candy, um, you know, annual, we see a lot of clients that come in this time of year too with, with their mm-hmm. their accounting systems. And we find that if we haven't been working with them on a continuous basis, it really impedes us from getting into the planning because mm-hmm. we have to spend time to clean up their books so that we have okay. a good foundation in order to move into the cash flow planning or the profit diagnostic planning. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to, to mention too is that you know we experienced the last big, um, the Great Recession, the last big item that we experienced here with our economy was 07, 08. And mm-hmm. there were many small businesses, many medium-sized businesses that just shot the lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, business owners, the smaller business owners are able to adjust pretty much to the uh, economic factors that happen to them, whether it's expansion, or reduction, uh, business owners, small business owners are really good at reducing expenses. This situation is a little different because you have compliance and ordinances that are telling you that you got to close down. And so it's just like, you know, that's, that's a little different, but the importance of planning in this environment is going to help one recover, mm-hmm. maybe even reposition, you know, Right. A book out there, um, Who Moved My Cheese? And so maybe the cheese, as a result of this, maybe there's been a paradigm shift in their profession or industry, and maybe there is a way now to deliver services digitally, or right. you know, some other. Um, they can pivot and and come out of this much stronger. Uh, it's like right. some of the restaurants, you know, they're offering um, prepackaged ingredients for their um, dinners, and then their chef has created a YouTube video. And when you right. buy it, you get a code to go up and you can prepare it in your own home, mm-hmm. you know, things like that.
0: Right. And sometimes it just takes someone outside of the day-to-day to right, see some of those other options too. So I think sometimes if you're just in the midst of it and you're trying to figure out what happens, you might be too close to it. So sometimes just having another person come in and sit down and look at it might yeah. prompt some creativity or like, oh, I hadn't thought of that, you know, so I yeah. think it, it is good in that that way too
1: well we find that i mean i find that in my own business i'm sure you Mm -hmm. do too i know that we we have both um worked with with coaches and and mastermind groups and things like that for our own relative businesses and our own personal growth and and that's important um for for business owners to understand um and and to embrace that's Mm -hmm. okay because to your point is is that Somebody outside not only might see things differently, they can kind of see the forest through the trees, if you will, um, right. but they can also offer accountability. And um, that's what we find uh, that is really useful. And that's what our clients would say is, is useful is that we're very proactive and um, we hold our clients. If they tell us they're going to do something, we, we hold them to that gently, right. lovingly, but <laughs> we hold them to that. And uh, you know it helps push everybody forward.
0: Great. Right. That's so true. Well, you were mentioning earlier, too, about the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, and originally we were helping people apply, and now we're kind of in that forgiveness process. Some of the bank portals haven't opened yet, at least from my experience. Some of my clients' uh, bank portals aren't yet open, but some have. Um, So have you started helping your clients with that PPP forgiveness? Um, Can you discuss, for those who maybe aren't sure what the really what the process is, what that looks like for them, uh, if they're gonna try to do it on their own, um, you know, just touching base on that.
1: Sure, sure, so that's really uh, a loaded loaded question. Um, <laughs> the goal, as I said earlier, the goalposts keep moving and mm-hmm. they're even right now working on, I think it's a fourth application now that's supposed to simplify loans for under, maybe it's 100,000, I don't know. As I said, the goalposts keep moving. So. Mm-hmm um what we're finding is is that the lenders or the third party representatives for the lenders or the banks um there's many different types that have loaned the ppps and they look into it got into the action um right for uh, quickbooks users to to issue it a ppp mm-hmm. um and they're not a bank um right. but uh nevertheless we find that they are starting with the larger loans and so our mm-hmm. clients that have had the larger on PPP loans are the ones where the portals open. Um, So those with like First Foundation Bank, um, Lendio. In fact, as soon as I I finished uh, this morning, we've got a PPP loan forgiveness that we're going to do a Zoom call with to support the client and getting through that process and signing off. Um, So, and what we're seeing is, and this is what makes it difficult and very difficult for, for the business owners out there is that every lender can structure their own requirements of what they need to see different than what the sba needs Mm -hmm. and so you can grab the sba checklist and a lot of the lenders have sent those out but it really is their own process so we've been through a couple of these and i got to tell you they're all different we think you know we get everything ready in a folder to upload and and preload like payroll journals and tax returns and bank statements and all of a sudden we get a curveball Mm -hmm. that they need the the lenders requesting something else Um, thankfully with all the portals we've been on you can save your work come back to it later Mm -hmm. so it's not like you have to go through the scary process each time Um, but what we're seeing too is just a lot of confusion out there and a lot of confusion i had a client um come back to us and say i had the conversation and, and we'll talk about this in a minute about the taxability of the ppp the loan forgiveness and, and how mm-hmm. that is working. As we know it today, could change, but as right. we know it today, and the client came back and said, well, my banker said, it's not taxable. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've got an issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's things like that. There's just a lot of misinformation out there. So I would encourage those that have taken the PPP to, um, if you're working with a professional, consult with them they're keeping their ear to the ground um, mm-hmm. we don't always know the answers uh, i know in our office i've established relationships with the sba so i have a number i can call um somebody i can email but also with a couple of the lenders i've got in to try to learn what the process was and they're learning that we're trying to help them and make their process more efficient and so they're willing to share information with us right and so that's kind of cool um, mm-hmm. what we're finding issues Um, and Candy, you can, you can let me know what you guys are seeing too, is, Mm -hmm. um, when we, when we applied for the loans, it was under one set of rules, right? right? With the full-time equivalents, we didn't really know how business owners were going to be treated. Um, they didn't have all that defined business owner benefits, how things were going to be limited, um, in compensation. And so we're seeing just a lot of people kind of overshot that. Mm -hmm. Um, When it came to paying the owners this year, some folks thought they could pay the owners more of the PPP, and then they had to go from the eight-week to the 24-week period so that they could extend their loan forgiveness using the rank-and-file folks. Right. Um, I don't know. What are some of the things you've seen?
0: Yeah. Well, I definitely think there was a lot of confusion around even like, you know, the first time it came out, it was, like you said, it was eight weeks. And it was 75%, you know, 25%, then it changed to, you only had to use 60%, you know, for payroll and 40% could be the approved, you know, non-payroll. Now you had 24 weeks and, you know, there's just been a lot of confusion uh, with clients wondering, should I use the eight weeks or the 24 weeks? And, um, And then even with the portals, like I said, we've had a few that the portals have opened. Um, and we have seen as you were saying too that they're asking for different information um, and things to be submitted in a different way Um, but one of the portals that I found a little bit frustrating myself was you had to either upload everything at once in one folder or you couldn't upload Uh anything um, where you know like if you normally are uploading you know things at one time and then you need to add something later you can go back in this one wasn't allowing it so When I originally was submitting the information, uh, it was before the third quarter payroll reports were done. So we'd submitted all the information. We were just waiting. um, And they had a folder that would say, you know, like rent. And if you didn't have rent, you couldn't like actually complete the application because you had to have something in there but you couldn't delete the folder either it was really interesting I had to actually email them and say well we don't need this one this one this one and we want to submit but then after I'd submitted information and we were waiting for them to like clear out folders we didn't need then they said well we want the third quarter payroll report well I've already uploaded everything to that payroll folder and you couldn't add anything else once you add once. Oh. that was it and so I had to put it in like a miscellaneous folder so it was just little things like that that have made it a little bit complicated in t- sure, trying to get all yeah. that information they need. Um, but I think overall we're able to pull Everything that they need and submit it. So it's not so confusing for the client to like, what payroll journal do I need? Or, you know, I'm not sure what the start date is and the end date is. Like, we can figure all of that out for them. Uh, But it's definitely been interesting. And again, we're still waiting for uh, some of them to open. And I think, like you said, that's part of now we have three applications where when it first started, Mm -hmm. it was going to be one forgiveness application. And then they had added, you know, there's an easy and now we have the 3508S. And like you said, maybe there's going to be another one. So it's, as you're saying, even going into the forgiveness process now, like, is it going to change? And as you talked about taxability, which I would love to get into that right now, sure. I'm explaining what happens, but so your client, his banker said, Oh no, it's not taxable. Well, if you're looking at the money coming in, of course it wasn't income. So that's not taxable per se, you know, on the income right. side. Um, but let's talk about why it could be taxable to them uh, because We know that the IRS has stated at this point you know their position and unless Congress changes anything that position won't change so can you explain what that position is and why some of this could be taxable to them?
1: Yeah sure so the IRS came down I believe it was the end of May possibly June and they seized this right away with with a ruling basically that said you know this is like cancellation of debt so I don't want to get too technical but when a credit card, when a loan is forgiven, um, there typically is what we call COD income, cancellation of debt income that has to be recognized. And there's, there's ways to, to not have that tax to you if you're insolvent and there's all these rules, which isn't for today. Um, but that's, they came out and took that stance. Um, to roll it back a little bit, it clearly wasn't the intent of Congress when they did this, the CARES Act it wasn't the intent to cause a ta- back-end tax issue. Right. Um, but this was done so quickly. And mm-hmm. let's face it, our congressional lawmakers, the people are not, um, they're not necessarily tax savvy and they don't think about, it's like a stack of dominoes. They don't think right. about well, this decision, you know, you, you, you set it off and what happens all the way down. And so now we're stuck with, we were in a crazy environment, right? right (laughs) and so it's like this has been held as hostage as, Mm as we go so um moving forward what what happens is is that in november the irs came out and they they gave some examples and they you know made the ruling a little softer a little more easy for people to understand but it still comes down to the same thing is that once the loan is forgiven so the loan was used for certain expenses rent um, payroll, payroll expenses, retirement, healthcare, mm-hmm. utilities, things like that. So, whatever was paid with those PPP funds, um, it was paid with a loan. So, when the loan is forgiven, mm-hmm. those expenses are not deductible mm-hmm. on your return for tax purposes. The income wasn't taxable, and so the deductions are not deductible. It's a net zero. some game right and and that is what it says so um, what business owners are having an issue with now is that they had to expend those loan amounts for those expenses that I named earlier and they had to expend it all in order to get full loan forgiveness so now when we remove um, that say hundred thousand dollars of expenses that they paid with the PPP from their bottom line, all of a sudden they get income. It adds right. back 100,000, right? 000, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a C corporation at 21%. I've had the pleasure of delivering this news over the last couple of weeks to business owners, and we've been talking about it, but they forget it until now that, hey, you're gonna owe, you know, on the federal side, $21,000 on this. Right. And it's just, it's causing, it's causing a lot of grief and a lot of strife, particularly at the second shutdown when, right. It seems to be a wider net, and businesses are affected even more.
0: Right. So, and uh, the other issue, really, that I see is, you know, forgiveness. You don't even have to apply right away. You've got ten months from the time your, you know, twenty-four week period ends to even apply. Yes. Then your bank has, you know, sixty days to really yes. review everything before it submits it to the SBA, and the SBA has ninety days. Right. 90 so days. we're looking at yeah. potentially fifteen months from the time your period ends to know if you're getting forgiveness and if that full amount is being (laughs) forgiven or, you know, of course, if you had an idle loan or maybe they didn't, you know, meet the requirements depending on their loan amount and there's some amount that's not forgiven, that goes into this whole concept as well. But, you know, if someone is supposed to be filing a tax return in March or April or if, you know, even with an extension September or October, what if they don't know (laughs) if it's forgiven or not so are you going to file your tax return assuming everything's forgiven and you can't expense it and you owe tax on it or are you going to just do it hoping congress changes the law and then it's forgiven and then if it's not you amend like that throws into a whole nother you know kind of just confusion around this whole ppp
1: yeah um no for sure that's that's great insight um so what the what the IRS came down in and opined in November, right before Thanksgiving, they said, look, if a business reasonably believes that they're going to go for loan forgiveness, request mm-hmm. it and receive it, then even though they haven't received it, mm-hmm. those expenses are not deductible in okay. 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the case where it's expected that it will happen. And it won't, and this is to your point, it, and mm-hmm. it doesn't, then those expenses can be deducted. So if we go 15 months out, we are past right. the extension. The extension mm-hmm. would take us, if you do 315, would take us to uh, 915, um, so September 15th. So if you mm-hmm. do the math, we're still even beyond that. And right. as the process gets clogged mm-hmm. with more and more loans that are going through this process, um, you know, it's very possible. It's very possible. It might get extended out even longer. And so um, what we are recommending now is that if you haven't received your loan forgiveness by March 15th, that we put you on extension, extension, we plan for the worst. So Mm -hmm. we make sure that um, there are funds allocated because we don't even know whether there's going to be penalties on this amount. Right. If, if a business has to recognize this income. So Questions that that your audience might be kind of contemplating right now. It's a question that a client just recently brought up, and they're like, Well, if I'm at a hundred thousand dollar loss and my loan is going to be forgiven, we think it's reasonable, and so that's a hundred thousand, and so I still have to pay taxes on the hundred thousand. Right. Well, the answer is no, because their business is already at a loss mm-hmm. of a hundred thousand, so you add the hundred thousand back in and they're at zero profitability Mm -hmm. in my example. So those taxes would not be due. It it depends on what your taxable income is. It's not that there's a certain tax on that forgiven loan amount or those expenses that can't be deducted. Right. just wanted to clear that up. Um, So, you know, extensions is is what we're doing and then we're just hoping that we get some sort of uh, additional clarity um, you know, whenever there's a tax law change, you never know, you, you try to follow the regulations and you try to follow what's there, but it takes like five or six years to figure out when, when there are um, tax cases, right. and cases and litigation, that's when the regulations are firmed up and published. And so the answer is, is that we're not going to know. hmm Right. And we can file emitted returns for three years.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's probably what's going to happen because like you said, I think there is going to be backlog. I think uh, so many people will be applying at one time that at first banks may not have enough people to even go through everything to finish it in 60 days. And then when it goes to the SBA and you have everyone in the United States, you know, who's submitting, you know, these um, you know, requests, it's, I I think it's going to take longer than 90 days for them too. We'll see, you know, it will be interesting to see what happens, but I'm definitely thinking we're going to have to plan that it will take even longer than they're estimating. So yeah, that will be interesting. You know,
1: um, yeah, it is interesting. And and we've had, we've had clients um, in our conversations in our year-end planning conversations say, well, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, not take the deduction for that because we don't know what's going to happen and it's like well then be prepared Mm -hmm. for the amendment and be prepared for the extra cost of that and possible penalties and and things like that um to be to be had because we just we just don't know Mm -hmm. at at this point so kind of kind of interesting environment that we're in and then to your point, with the SBA being so far behind, and maybe mm-hmm. you have some clients that are in this boat, we have clients that applied for the idle loan back in mm-hmm. August. They've not received anything. Mm-hmm. They've been approved. Nothing. Not even the not even the emergency thousand dollar funding per employee. Wow. Which yeah. has brought up some interesting um, things because on the PPP loan forgiveness, if you have an idle number, they want it. Right. And that's this case that we're going to be, all right, after this um, session that we're going to be working on today. And so what we've been advised by that lender is that if they haven't received anything, any funding, even the emergency side, don't put it on the application. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't want the client to perjure themselves or anything. So I need to check to make sure. So those are some of the crazy things that we're dealing with on our side.
0: Right. And I think we should just make really clear on that, too. If you did get that idle advance, uh, so that one thousand per employee, you know, up to that ten thousand max that they were going to offer. Um, that is at this point, unless anything changes, not forgivable as well. So if someone had a fifty thousand dollar loan, they got the ten thousand dollar advance, they're only going to have a forty thousand dollar forgivable maximum. So they will still have ten percent or, or ten thousand. Sorry that they would have to, you know, pay back.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Fantastic point. Um, and and that's something that that people are forgetting as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So I just wanted to make sure we touch on that, too, because, again, it's confusing for people to know I had this, you know, loan or that loan. And, you know, it said that the advance, you know, didn't have to be paid back. Well, yes, the idle advance doesn't have to be paid back. But if you got the PPP as well, they are saying, you know, you can't kind of get the benefit of both. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: No double dipping.
0: Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to come back to the topic where you're talking about, you know, planning and looking at the data and, you know, what you're doing um, with your clients. So can you just, you know, talk about that, you know, looking at profit, looking at your financial planning and, you know, figuring out what you'll be doing for tax purposes and, you know, kind of helping the listener know what they should
1: be doing. Sure. Sure. So when we work with our clients, we, we go beyond the numbers. We go beyond um, the what the accounting data or the tax data. I mean, that's all important, right? Because mm-hmm. it's all part of one's wealth position. And if you're a business owner, I would venture to say that in our experience, the the fair amount, aside from owning a home in, in Southern California, right? Um, the fair amount of your wealth is tied up in your business.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: So, I've always mentioned, and this just stems from growing up in the family businesses. What do you want out of your business? You know, why did you start it? Mm-hmm. Um, what value does your business offer to your customers, to your clients, to your colleagues? Um, and is that value can it be improved on? And if so, how? Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want your business to be in five years? You know, we talk about planning. And so um, we do multiple year tax planning, but we also want to see where our clients are. And so we try to break their goals down into short term, medium term and long term. And then we, from there we break it down into years and then quarters and then months. Right. Um, so that we can help them to develop a process to back in into um, what their quarterly goals are but they have little tasks that they need to accomplish monthly Um, business owners have and it's not a fault but it can be a huge issue and candy i'm the same way i would imagine (laughs) you are too is that we as business owners tend to chase shiny objects (laughs) and so and what i mean by that is is uh, not necessarily the latest and greatest Mm -hmm. But it's like, oh, okay. Wow. Profitability sounds really good. Oh, okay. no, I've got to do my retirement planning. And Mm -hmm. and so we're busy moving all around. We're busy building our business and in the operation side. Um, but we're, we're not able to get through with the planning. And so Mm -hmm. so again, that's a little bit of accountability with our clients. Um, we ask questions like, uh, you know, what are your big three, three biggest challenges? And that's been one of my um, kind of conversational pieces that I do even with colleagues is, what are you guys experiencing this year? What are you feeling? What, if you could change one thing, what would that be? Mm-hmm. Uh, going into 2021, what, how are you planning? What are you doing in your own business? Right. Um, and then it's always important to ask the why. And so why is it important to overcome those challenges? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? Um, and then once we get those things documented and understood, and one of the things is that I want to be able to get on the same side as my client, on mm-hmm. the same side of the table, and kind of get into their head and make sure that I understand where they are and where they want to go, because then I can use that with their numbers, providing they have decent numbers and a good foundation. Right. to can help okay. them and to provide recommendations and education and to together discover how they can enhance their their wealth position, their business profitability, their cash flow and overall planning.
0: Right, and I think even having them realize like you need to look at what you wanna do towards retirement, you know, like if you wanna sell your business, if you wanna have, you know, someone else take over, but really having that plan, because I think a lot of people will think, well, at some point, you know, I'm going to work until I retire and I'm going to sell my business and I'm going to have the value, you know, from the business to help me, you know, live through retirement. And, you know, that's great if everything works out well, but let's look at the situation now where someone was planning to retire in the next couple of years. And if their business has had a serious hit right now, if they didn't do anything else to plan for their retirement and put funds away any other way, uh, this didn't work out very well, you know, and so having a conversation where you can talk with them about that too. Like what should you be doing to plan for your future and not just put everything in the basket of I'm going to sell my business.
1: Yeah. Um, And, and to your point, that is something that we commonly see, right? Is that Mm -hmm. business owners are like, well, we're going to package this baby up and we're going to, sell it and so you know we'll work with them on their their exit strategy but in a year like this so Mm -hmm. um, we just not that the client is looking to retire or anything but think about the the devastation to certain industries and professions right that have occurred as of this and um so we just i just worked on this this week is that we had a client that is have a client that's in the um Uh, personal care, the the workout business Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. was looking to sell a location um, in prior years, um, but didn't throw the trigger for several reasons. And and that's all cool. But now that the business has been shuttered Mm -hmm. or reopened and then shuttered again, um, the exponential loss has been, um, they can't even collect the franchise fee Mm -hmm. as a sale price now. Right. And so now it's a matter of, well, this, this is causing us a lot of stress. And so we just want to give it away. And it's like, wow, mm. when we're looking at the numbers, how can this be? Right. And w- unfortunately, to your point earlier, we can't even look at 2021 to say, well, if we can make it to here, then right. everything is good because we just don't know.
0: Right. Exactly. You know?
1: So, yeah, to your point, and that's where we always come back, and that's where I say that now clients are a bit more responsive to Mm -hmm. planning and to looking at their goals and objectives and to have continual meetings to make sure that they're moving forward towards those, because when you come into an environment like this, and and planning isn't the whole answer, Mm -hmm. but let's say that prior to this, you had done great holistic planning you had your retirement being well-funded. You had savings for emergencies being well-funded. You had your business humming along. You knew what your profitability and your di- those diagnostics were and how to tweak certain things and make small improvements. No guarantee in this situation, but I, I believe that the clients that we see that are doing the best and adapting the best have implemented this type of planning
0: mm-hmm. many years
1: ago. Right. Than coming in and trying to grab it now, um, kind of holding on to straws. Mm-hmm. But the awareness for most people, until you have an event like, think about a health event. You know, you don't might right. not change your diet or might not exercise until you have that health event. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. This has been a shock, and so it's caused people to want to plan, to look at their situation, to look at their estate plans, to really look at this. Um, because there have been people dying from this, right? I mean, uh, to get to the grim. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And that's the thing. We are talking about things that, you know, are a little bit heavy too. But on the positive side, like I said, if we can, you know, sit down and really help create a plan of action and, you know, help make some changes that are going to bring about better profitability or, you know, more growth, you know, that's the positive side of all yep. of this yep. too. And yep. understanding there is going to be a cost, you know, of paying for those extra services, but then sure. you should see a return on your investment. So absolutely. it's important to know that. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And you know, there were, there were great things that came out of the 07, 08, not to say that this is the same magnitude. Right. Um, that with with businesses and you know adversity adversity brings growth if -hmm. if you look at it and you take those proper actions um and and we're in that period
0: Mm -hmm. right well i know we've been talking on a lot of different things there's so much more we probably could even touch on but we you know just really wanted to have this discussion and really just kind of basically start talking about the topics, um, but I'm sure you know you have an offer that you would like to offer to the listeners in case they have more information they need or have questions of you. So can you share what that might be with our listeners?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, for, for anybody that's on this call or, or uh, listens to, to the recording later, um, I'm available, making myself available for a half hour, um, no cost consultation. Um, that's with me personally by Zoom or by phone, Um, would you like me to give the contact information? Yes,
0: that'd be great. How can they reach you, phone number, website, any of that? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so um, you pick up the phone, call 310-792-9999, or you can reach us through email. And um, you could reach me at sheree at cputmancpa.com or sheree at Putman Financial Group. Dot com you and do you want to spell
0: comments. that for them too just to make sure, sure they spell it correctly <laughs>
1: sure so Shuri is c-h-e-r-i-e and the last name is putman p-u-t-m as a man a-n mm-hmm. thank you candy <laughs> <laughs> no problem and do you have any like social media
0: sites you want to share also or linkedin or anything like that where they could find you as well
1: yeah, we're up on we're up on all the majors. So if you go up on our website, we have links so you can find us at putmanfinancialgroup.com and we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn um and at the first of the year we have our new website coming up online. Oh, nice. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. I know, like I said, this is a topic that there's so much information. It can be confusing, you know, but I wanted to just, you know, start that discussion. And like I said, if people wanted to reach out, you know, they could, but thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having uh, me back on the show. (laughs) And it was just a, a blast to be able to sit here and just discuss um, you know, this past year and, and services and things that you're doing with your clients as well. So, it was a fun time.
0: Thank you. And I also just want to thank those who are tuning in to listen to us today. I hope you found this topic helpful and then answers just some of the questions about the challenges of COVID as we head into 2021. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Cherie at any of the links that she shared, or you can send us a message at media at a b and p.com and would you please share the show information with those you know i'd greatly appreciate your support next week's topic is virtual selling in the digital era i hope you can join us for this presentation and please remember you can connect with us on twitter Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can also find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week.
1: Thank you for listening to This Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.